After finding the remains of 215 children at the former Kamloops Indian Residential School, Touchline Thoughts would like to take a few moments to acknowledge the land we are on. We pass on our deepest respect and love to the lost children and their families, as well as the Indigenous, First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples who through the history of Canada have undeservingly lost their lands and lost their voices in our country. As we record this podcast, guests and ourselves reside in three major cities in Ontario. We acknowledge each one of them now. We would like to acknowledge the land on which we gather and which the region of Peel operates is part of the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit. For thousands of years, Indigenous peoples inhabited and cared for this land. In particular, we acknowledge the territory of the Anishinaabek, the Huron-Wendat, Haudenosaunee, the Ojibwe, Chippewa peoples, the land that is home to the Métis, and most recently, the territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, who are direct descendants of the Mississaugas of the Credit. We are grateful to have the opportunity to work on this land, and by doing so, give our respect to its first inhabitants. We acknowledge the land on which the City of Toronto resides as a traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by the Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. In Ottawa, we acknowledge that we are standing on unceded Algonquin, Anishinaabek territory. They are the past and present caretakers of the waterways and the land that we call Ottawa. We are grateful to have the opportunity to be present in this territory. Now, over to your new Touchline Thoughts episode. All right, welcome back to the Touchline Thoughts powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. We are currently sponsored by J&J Creations, our new sponsor. Are you looking for a gift, a piece of clothing, or any other itemized itemized items? Check out our Instagram play. And wait, I'm going to start this again because I completely botched it. I was like, I got this and I don't really got this. Okay. Itemized items. Let's do it again. Ready? Um, (laughs) As we still, as you listen to me record this. Anyway, are you looking to get a gift, a piece of clothing and or other itemized to be custom? Oh my God, I can't do it. Paige. Come on, man. You can do it. it. You got this. You want me to do it? Just do it. All right. Are you looking to get a gift, a piece of clothing, and other items to be customized? Check them out on their Instagram to place an order and speak with the design team. Uh, J&J Creations can ship across Canada and can also provide pickup options. Shipping costs are subject to Canada Post. J&J Creations, where you can customize anything you need. And we'll we'll catch catch you in a little bit. Um, we're back from our little music break and, uh, we'd like to welcome back to the show, Josh, dad, Joe, congratulations on finishing your master's and congratulations on being a, a dad in a couple of months. Yeah. How you feeling? Thanks man. I'm hot. Uh, Ottawa is, <laughs> Ottawa is burning and, uh, I'm not happy about it. Not actually on fire, but it might as well be, but, uh, thankful man. Life is, life is good despite the hot days, man. How are you? 
Good, chilling. Um, Good. you know, trying to get this show on the road, and obviously, you didn't hear me botch the sponsorship. What? What are you talking about? Well, uh... <laughs> it's been a hot Sunday. <laughs> That's why. Exactly. All right. So before we get into the topics for today, um, one big topic recently that has been in the media: Messi's move from Barca to PSG. What do you make of this? Are you happy about it? Are you surprised? I am. Uh, I remember having the conversation with Irfan about it and kind of thinking, you know, where does he go? And for some reason, PSG never occurred to me. And I think it's because you just assume they're already, you know, too too heavily loaded. And I didn't get to look into the financial details of it. I'm sure they did some funny things with his contract and move things around to, you know, minimize. I I, I have to imagine they're still going to get like some fair play penalties and whatnot. So on the financial side, it's an interesting deal. Obviously, PSG can afford it, but it, you know it just raises other questions. But on the on the playing side, I mean, I think it's a good trade. Uh, it's a good deal for um, Messi. Um, you know, where else can he really go that offers him the opportunity to um, to compete for a champion for a cha- another trophy, a number no- another number of trophies without having to carry the team entirely? There wasn't a ton of options. Um, it's great for fans because uh, we we get to see. Uh, arguably, you know, depending on how you want to organize it, but three of the top five players in the world on the same team. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, so we'll see how the season goes. They haven't played him yet. and I, um, But I think already already him not having played the first two games of the season already, uh, you know, makes it worthwhile for him because had he been at Barca, he would have been carrying the team. The last thing I'll say on it is I, um, I'm really excited to see uh, how everything works out um, with with how the fans and everything are interact with uh, with with the team. They've already been totally in love with him as he's come in. You see these videos of Paris like shutting down for him, um, and I and I wonder how we're going to feel looking back at PSG summer. I mean, already we're seeing the quality and the caliber of players that they're able to bring it on. Uh, many of them on free transfer. And um, how this might actually have a big change in dynamics, because then you're seeing on the other side, other big clubs like Real and Barca that are barely able to put one foot in front of another financially. So I don't know. It's kind of like, I wonder how much this is going to kind of rejig the football world a little bit and, and establish PSG for the long term as a, as, an, as, a, as a destination. You know? You're not just trying to go to Real Madrid. PSG right. might be a good place to actually head to in the future. So real quick, you said that you didn't have PSG on your radar. What other club would did you think that he may have gone to? Well, I didn't really have any club. I guess I guess that's what I mean to say is like I was I was very much perplexed. I was thinking, you know, um, Man City was obviously the first club, and then Pep said no. Um, which with everything going on now with Harry Kane, I I don't necessarily understand. Maybe they thought he'd be too expensive, and I mean probably it's fair yeah um but you know i there was no there's no british club that i thought could take him um but there is no german club that's just not how they kind of do things they like to grow their players and so you know maybe there's an italian club but i don't know if he necessarily would have wanted to go there so that kind of brought to like oh okay i guess psg really is the only place right but it just doesn't occur to you right away at least for me because you have this you have a top three that's already so expensive and the rest of the team you're trying to develop and they're going for a champions league. So I don't know. I, I thought that they'd be more interested in investing in the depth of the team 
Um, but of course, you know, citing Messi is never a bad thing for a team. Of course. <laughs> uh, salary breakdown, just quickly, for the next two years, he's going to make approximately 35 million euros per season. That's his net worth per season. So, like, I guess when you say financial play, it's because I, I don't think they spent, like, transfer budget money on him. So yeah. they can they can hide it through whatever this is because the only player they, they spent was Hakimi for 60 mil. And everyone else has been a free transfer so they've kind of found a way to fly under the radar but not really is it in the is it in the weekly uh in his weekly salary because i think my understanding is that they they probably give him like you know let's say 200 euros 200,000 euros a week and then um or maybe they no, it'd be euros um and then maybe they do things like stock options or other things that might get you to that 35 million a year i don't know probably or is it, um, or is it straight up in the salary um he said the, i think the, the the tweet from fabrizio romano is salary around 35 per year so i, I and add-ons included so you're probably right i think maybe they have a base salary and then they're finding a way to to be like here's yeah. a bunch of sponsorship deals i mean he's already increased the the market value of psg in a span of like 10 minutes um, so well, well, speaking of Messi, why don't we move into our starting 11? Uh, we're going to do pretenders, contenders, and champions. We're going to do a quick preview of this, the five major leagues around Europe. Um, and we'll start with the, the French League. Um, first things first, with Lionel Messi joining Paris Saint-Germain, are they the de facto champions in every single trophy in France? Start with you, Paige. Uh- I want to say yes, but I mean, we've seen it before where, you know, a team on, on paper is the best team in the world. You know, we saw it in France for France and the Euros and they don't necessarily show up. So on paper, yes, they should destroy this league, but it's going to be interesting to see if they can actually put it together. How about you there, Josh? I agree with you, uh, Paige. I mean, if I look at the last, just looking really quickly over the last like six years, PSG has won League, league One. Uh, consistently um, so it's theirs to win it doesn't mean it's a given um, I think one of the big determining factors is uh, like it's still early in the season but you know at the midway point if they have a serious shot at winning the Champions League and a serious shot at winning the league and then injuries and whatnot um, they might start focusing their efforts one way and less than the other so I, I think that's a plausible scenario where they, they don't have enough of a league a lead at the midway point and have to start making decisions. Um, yeah. But it's it's definitely too early to tell. I think it's theirs to lose. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I, I, I touted them as the champions, but I also call them the pretenders because, to be honest with you, what's going to happen? Like, at what point is if they can't win every single thing in France and the Champions League, do you call this a bust season? So are they pretending yeah. to be what they are until we see them? Like, I don't know. Massive, massive question marks, but they'll probably win it anyways, but they're still, well, I think, I think they're going to get a lot of hate this season regardless. Cause if they're not winning every single game, mm. like, you know, fans, commentators, people are just going to hate on them. And I think they're going to get a lot of hate. Yeah. It'll be important for them in their locker room to be uh, sound mind in terms of what they're going after. And so if the goal is a champions league, whatever happens in the league, you know, is, is not as important. If the goal is to win everything, which I think it should be. I mean, I would hope that the players on that squad have that level of ambition. We're going for all of it. We're going for the league. We're going mm. for the cup. We're going for the Champions League, and um, it's and we have no reason to win all of it. So I think I think it'll come down to that. 
Well, we talk about ambition. I think a lot of people talk, say that the Liga is where, you know, the big players just seem to coast and not really be in competitive matches or they don't really show up. So do you think complacency might end up being a massive issue for PSG? Because I think we know they're better than everyone in that league. They have the best players in the world, but they haven't really played opposition that's challenged them to the point where it's like, we're actually scared. Like, I mean, they, they, they beat Strasbourg and they beat Brest the last two weeks and they didn't look good in either of those games, but they still won. So until the, I guess the, the comp competitive level increases in league, uh, I think PSG is just going to coast and that's, that's going to be their biggest deterrent when it comes to the champions league. Well, you also have to remember the only one, they only lost by one point last year. So we're not talking about, you know, uh, a team that's going to have to make significant changes. We're talking about, you know, one more win or or one more, even just one more draw would have actually made the difference for them. Um, it's their losses that hurt them. So, but I would agree with you. I mean, and I would agree with what you were saying, Paige. They're going to get a lot of hate. Um, and I think it's really going to come down. I think this is, oddly enough, I think I think the expectations are low on Messi. I don't think that if, they lose the Champions League, it's going to be placed on him. He's done that. He's done what he's needed to do. I think it's going to be on the coaching staff and on young guys like Mbappe. And I think Neymar still has some stuff to prove. I think it's going to come down to maybe players like that and how they perform. But like you're saying, what more can you what more can you do in terms of building this team? And if this league is to get stronger, I think it's going to start with PSG doing well. And uh other teams starting to attract more players to be competitive against PSG. So I think I, you know, the EPL is really the biggest league. Um, the one that's most entertaining and most competitive. Uh, and with the diminishment, the, the, the fall of the Spanish league, I think the French league has a lot of space to come in and, and impress folks. And I, I, I would love to see it. The French football is really entertaining to watch. So. It would, be, it would be great to see that happen. Uh, who would you call as the contenders? Uh, one or two teams, Paige, that will challenge PSU. Last year, Lil came out of virtually nowhere. Yeah. But this year, they've lost like some good players and their coach. Um, who's going to contend? Think, I think Marseille might be a good contender. I think, I mean, Lyon's always in the mix as well. Um, I don't think Lille's going to get close this year, uh, in my opinion. I think they're going to struggle. I don't think it's going to be a two-time championship for them. But, yeah, I could see Marseille doing pretty well. I could see Lyon doing pretty well. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's going to be kind of interesting. It's, 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 to be honest, it's like tier A, PSG yeah. all alone, and then everyone yeah. sort of tries to figure it out. Yeah. And last year was that anomaly. And, yeah. you know, I had a hard time looking at I'm looking at it going, okay, like who can seriously do – any damage and i mean i look at monaco and i go well says fabregas is the only one i can think of right now that yeah. might do anything you look at lil and you're like well ronaldo sanchez isn't healthy um you look over at leon and they lost their best goal scorer in depay and so they're just becoming a feeding ground to psg or other big clubs around the world and it's like okay if right. you're trying to get rid of that disparity you're running into an issue but you then I, that makes me think of a club like leicester that won that season and you know they didn't come back and top four in the next season but they did start to you know you're starting to see them finish consistently in the mm -hmm. top tier of the, of the top flight right. and you know winning games and so i think that's how it starts so i could see uh maybe lil won't do that well this season but obviously there's some kind of foundation there that 
uh, can be built on. And I mean, Monaco was a, was also the team I was thinking about that, yeah, you know, could stick around. And like like we were saying, though, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, pin PSG to the wall. I'd be extremely surprised. But I think if you're talking about, you know, that second to fourth spot, there'll be some interesting competition for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no Dion this year in the league to beat PSG, so we'll... Uh... Damn. All right. Damn. Let's, let's move on to La Liga then. Um, Lionel Messi's former team, Barcelona, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I think I would also toss Real Madrid into that, trying to figure out their identity now because um, this whole debacle with the, the Super League, the whole issue with we have no money, but we're linked to every player still. Um, who's, who's your champion for this one, Josh? I mean... It's so hard to answer at this point because of the issues you were just talking about. Um, I almost expect that a team like Atletico Madrid, which at least in my understanding has remained somewhat stable throughout this whole debacle, I can see a team like that come up and surprise us. Um, But obviously, like Barcelona and Real have the infrastructure and the talent to be somewhat good on any given season. And again, they might just decide, you know what? we're not winning the league this we're not winning the champions league this year we're probably not going to even compete so let's try to get some money out of the league and maybe do do well in the in the cup so i think it's a i think it's a toss up but i don't think i think that barcelona and real madrid are showing a lot of mortality this year mm-hmm. uh page yeah no i i very much agree i think you also see a lot of the barcelona players not happy that Messi has left you know you have players like um Memphis Dupai and and um I've seen rumors about some other players expressing that they want to leave and they were potentially only there because you know Messi was there and Aguero yeah yeah of course of course so I think that hurts them as well because you lose such a um a figure head for the club um, but I agree with you. I, I, you know, maybe Atletico's the most stable, but I, I don't know. The Spanish league, I think, I mean, losing Ramos is a big thing as well. Losing, um, uh, yeah, you know, they've lost some big players this this year, some iconic Spanish league players. So I think it's going to be difficult for them. And, and like you kind of said before, I think the French league has some room now to um, grow and bring fans in and stuff. So. Yeah. That'd be interesting. What about well, you, you Same thing. You you take away Ronaldo and you take away Messi in a span of three to four years, and you go, okay, you lost the two best players in the world in the last maybe twenty years. You lost viewership, and I'm I'm sorry, but if it's a Sunday classical matchup, I'm like I'm not tuning into that anymore because like who am I watching? Am I gonna watch Bale come on and get booed? No, like that's just not <laughs> what I want to do anymore. Do I want to see can, uh, what's it called Coleman pretend like he knows what he's doing on the bench and yell at a player when you're like that was your fault? Um, no. So I think Atletico is the champions. They are the real deal, um, and that's only because I don't think Barcelona and Real Madrid have anything for them. I mean, Real Madrid might be the closest to to maybe bothering Atletico, but even at that, I think Atletico is sound. They have a good coach. They've had the same coach. They're the only team that hasn't gone through the ups and downs with coaching and player personnel change because they found a way to replace those players at a cheaper cost. Maybe now Shao Felix, but you know, 
they've been very smart with the way they spend their money. And the fact that blows my mind is Barcelona is in debt with like $1.3 billion. And you're like, how? You've been one of the best clubs in the last 20 years. How are you in debt? I, you know, I, the more I think about it, the more I think that they forgot their identity as a team. This is a team that yeah. produced Messi, Iniesta, Xavi. That produced, like, I was just nostalgically watching, like, old uh, old Champions League highlights. And this was a generational talent of a team. Um, they play the game differently. Um, and it's not something that you can buy your way into, mm-hmm. right? You can probably buy your way into trophies and whatnot. We're seeing teams do that, but to do what Barcelona did and then create the sustained amount of time. I mean, rem- <laughs> I was, rem- I was reminded there was a point in time where the front three was, was uh, Thierry Henry, Samuel Eto'o, and then Messi. There's a time before that when Ronaldinho was on the team. And like, you have, you have this history. They didn't get there by, wasting money and, and all that bad those bad decisions so i think for both teams it's going to have to be a period i mean the whole league needs a, a definitely a reset on the financial side but i think they're going to have to step away from their approach which is trying to buy the most expensive player and put them in a slot and have a vision of how to build the team for the long term um they could probably learn something from the german clubs in that right but they honestly yeah. they have the experience themselves to be able to do it so i have no expectation for barcelona for the coming years until they get back to their roots because that's how they're going to be successful unless they got they get bought out from uh, by qatari team which uh, qatari, uh, qatari uh, uh government which could maybe yeah. happen like five years from now but hopefully it doesn't hopefully they can maintain their path as they are couple of other contenders, I think, leaves the door wide open. Sevilla, uh, Villarreal, Real Sociedad. Keep an eye on these three teams, I think. Um, if they see any of the other two in front of them stutter, you're looking at this gaping hole and potentially yeah. a new champion not named Atletico, Real, or Barcelona. Might be tough, be but we'll see. I think it'd be time for it. I think the French League sort of needed that with Lille last year just to wake yeah. everyone up that, you know, it's not just PSG and... Well, we see that a lot in the English league. And I think that's why people are drawn to the English league is because it's so, um, you know, anybody can kind of take it like, yeah, you have your big five, but I mean, in recent years, you see kind of smaller teams making their way, breaking their way into the Mm. top. And I think, I think that's what is needed in the Spanish league. It's what's needed. Maybe now, like you said, we saw it in the French league last season. So I think as these teams like you said see gaps in in you know your your typical top three like your barces and stuff they're gonna start clawing away at that and and become more exciting and hopefully bring fans in as well and the thing is is that with those gaps you don't need necessarily a messy on every team you just need 11 players and really truly like 18 players or so let's say who are consistent go out do their job um, and are able to get results and play within a strong system. And I think when teams, when teams, I mean, again, I keep going back to the Germans, but they get it, right? You don't necessarily need a ton of big names. You just need players who know how to play and, and play their role within a system. And, and I think that um, if in Spanish football, if in French football, they can start figuring that out, that will. And I mean, you talked about why people love uh, the EPL. I mean, like West Ham last season. That was incredible. You know, I think oh. they, the fifth they ended up in um, with their highest point total in, in their in their history. But, you know, any team, any season could go and do something like that. And it definitely makes it much more interesting. 
Speaking of the German league, why don't we transition over to them? Um, big team. Why don't you Why don't you go first with your prediction here? Oh, okay. Well, I think it's going to be really hard to, for anyone really to to take away anything from Bayern. I mean, Dortmund. Something's up with them where they they have these fantastic starts, and then in the middle they fall off, um, and they do it every year. And the last time they were able to be consistent was with Jurgen Klopp, and haven't really done that. I mean, having Marco Rose come in is actually a very good pickup for them because he's been consistent at Gladbach. I don't think anyone's really going to challenge Bayern. And even even the fact that, you know, you would think that Leipzig closed the gap or Stuttgart's closing the gap, one of the youngest teams in the league, it's not making a difference because you just took away another great coach and now gave it back to Bayern. So Bayern finds a way to pick up a player for cheap or a coach for cheap and they become sustainable. And I think if you're looking at sustainability across all five leagues, I think the German league does it the best. When you talk about Dortmund, when you think about Bayern, um, I'll quickly say my, my pretenders, I think it's Frankfurt after they traded away Silva. I don't understand why you would trade away a goal scorer. Um, and I think which in Gladbach letting Marco Rose go and then having that whole debacle with Xabi uh, Alonso going to come and coach us or not. I think they're pretending they're probably going to struggle this year. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Do you we... think that, uh, I mean, I mentioned Robert Lewandowski, how much of an impact do you think that would have on Byron? If he stays or goes? If he stays or goes. Well, we, we talk about teams not having bona fide strikers and struggling with it. Here's the problem. Because I don't think they can roll out a false nine because Muller doesn't have the legs to do all that work alone. Um, I think they struggle, but knowing Bayern, they'll find like a gem with a team like, let's say, Stuttgart or Mines and be like, oh, we're going to take this guy who you haven't played, but we know he's going to be the best player in the world next. And they're going to make some sort of smart adjustment. Um, I'm on the thinking that if Bayern's going to make a splash at any point in time and they lose Lewandowski, they need to make a play for Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane would fit into that system pretty well. Um, he wouldn't have to do all the work that seemingly that's what he wants to do at Spurs. He has to come. What was it? Patriot, we were talking about a game a little while ago where he came back 60% of the field every time yeah. to come and receive. And you're like, your best player can't be doing that. He's not, that's not, his back can't be to the goal. Well, then he's not scoring goals and that's what you pay him to do. You pay him well, to score goals. Or like so. he, by the 70th minute, you look at him and he's, and he's gassed. gassed yeah. And you're like, buddy, I need you to be ready to go. And yeah, but we saw it in the Euros too. Like yeah. if he doesn't have distribution, if he doesn't have somebody who can uh, feed him the ball, he's doing all the work himself. He's coming super deep. So, Well, yeah, that's why he's admiring Kevin De Bruyne from afar. <laughs> Maybe he needs to start um, looking over at Bayern too because if I'm him, I'd go to the German League because I know I can get some goals and my confidence will get back up. That would be an interesting move. Or PSG, if you know. No. Money. Oh my god. No more players to PSG. It's, it's just gonna be like just no more midfielders. It's just world class strikers just throughout <laughs> the field. Well, there was what game was this? I was reading it about, and I forgot what team. But they had like three defenders. Oh, I think it was Ronald Koeman. At one point, he put all his strikers out and just left one midfielder, and they still lost the game. Um, but hey, Bappe for for Harry Kane. Killian doesn't want to be there, which is bizarre to me. I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, that Mbappe doesn't want to be there. Yeah, like I, I get it. It's the same it, reason but... Neymar. Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. No, no, I get it, but like as a player, 
the one of the greatest players in the entire world has just come to your team you want to he's so young he's so young you want to continue to grow continue to learn and by just kind of picking up and leaving I don't I get he wants to do challenge blah 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 but I don't know in, yeah. in my opinion as a player like you you don't get the opportunity to play with the best player potentially in the world you need at least stay a season half a season yeah. six months whatever it is I mean, Neymar did the same thing. He he didn't want to, and then he ended up going to PSG and having a couple of tough seasons and yeah. not getting to, you know, and I mean, great. Now he's fortunate that Mbappe developed and was able to jump in, but you're absolutely right. Like, Mbappe should learn from Neymar. And I if I, I understand, but what is he, 22? Yeah, Real he's Madrid's 22. Not, Real Madrid's not going anywhere. If you did four seasons with PSG, got all the trophies and did all these things, and then Messi retires, not only do you make way more money when you go to Real Madrid, but it's it's a it's a different approach when yeah. you get there. If you go there now, you have something to prove. If you go if you go there in three four years from now, you have proved something, and you're now coming to contribute to a team that wants you. I don't know. It's um it's it's the effervescence of youth, says I, who is not that much older than him. <laughs> well, I think that's just a problem with with all sports in general. While younger players are trying to push moves out. Because they yeah. think that's what their worth is. And that was not a thing 20, 30 well, years ago. And yeah, real quick on this before we move along. Like 20, 30 years ago, like you look at Messi. Messi started at Barcelona, developed at Barcelona, played for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. You see players coming through, like in the EPL, you'd have um, academy players, like the whole class of 92 for United. You know, they were all academy players coming through and developing. And there was more of a loyalty to the club. And I think we we've lost that in, in the modern game. It's you're kind of just going to where you could play, where you can make money, where, you, you know, it's not necessarily like, this is my club. I fight for my club. I, yeah. I grew up here. This is, this well, is no one I wants am. to sit on a bench anymore. It's like either I start or I move on. But it's right. also tough because it goes both ways. And um, as much as you see, you like players want to be loyal to their, like we talk about players being loyal to clubs, clubs also have to be loyal to players. I mean, for sure. I mean, I think that it's, you know, it's unacceptable how Barcelona treated Messi. And I, I, it's some kind of, it's absolute garbage that they did not do everything they could to keep him. I think that they kind of gave up a bit early. Um, they should have threatened to burn the league down. Like they should have made it a way bigger deal. Yeah. Um, the same way. Nobody knew about make, it until they, until yeah. he was gone. And if you look at all that they were willing to do and can kind of continue to be willing to do for super league. And it's like, okay, you're willing to do that there, but you're not willing to do that for the best player in the history of your club. Yeah. You know, I, I think that it, I agree with you entirely page that people need to, and I think it's a character thing and not everyone chooses to, to operate that way. But I think that clubs also have to demonstrate that they're loyal to players and players aren't, just um tools for them and mm-hmm. i mean you see that you know in a club like Bayern, i read somewhere that they offered uh to uh boateng and uh, hibehi to continue using the training facilities like it's that type of thing that doesn't necessarily cost a club a whole lot but that shows that you know it's it's these are people who understand other people mm-hmm. yeah i agree i mean we saw it with ramos too yes. um and i think the spanish league is kind of just screwing up it's weird <laughs> It's really weird. They're stuck in that Super League. It's because I think if they weren't so adamant about trying to break away and apparently Real Madrid wanting to join the EPL. That um, was just... That's just there's no way. You're not British. I don't understand. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
Britain's not even a part of the EU anymore. Yeah, that's, no. so, that's such a desperate way to just be like, give us more money. Yeah. We want more money. That's all it is. Real Madrid is like, I'm in this, I'm in this pond and I'm not getting the money that I could get if I was in a bigger league. But it's like, okay, then help develop and foster your league. Like, right. I don't that's my that's my whole thing about the like loyalty to teams and players and i agree with you i think it, it needs to go both way both ways more than it has in more of the modern game i think just going back to the the bundesliga here yeah. any surprises that we we Sorry, see germany coming, uh any surprises that we see in the bundesliga is there is this the season where dortmund finally figured out with their young guys and, and beat Bayern, or is it just going to be a dominance excuse me I, you know, I would like to see Dortmund win. Um, I like to see Eric Holland is a, an amazing player. Um, I think that, like you said, right, it's a question of consistency for them. So I think it's um, Bundesliga is a bit like League One, where um, it's it's Bayern's to win, but it's definitely tighter. Um, but I do think that the race is going to be those those two to four spots, and you know you got Leverkusen, and who that's also kind of. Sh- in the past shown what a bit of what it can do maybe this time around it might be able to come back around as well and you said uh Leipzig I, I think that um that's that is your your you know in your top four as well yeah um but we'll see I mean it's I, I think it remains wide open I'll just say on in terms of Bayern like Irfan you had an excellent point they just keep chugging on and they have you know Alfonso Davies out there who's still growing in his game um in terms of finding that forward to potentially uh, replace Lewandowski. Um, I like the Kane idea. I just wonder if he'd be too expensive, um, at, at least at the pace that they're talking about. But yeah. I think, but I think, I think that whatever, like, and this is the thing I, I keep kind of coming back to, like the Spanish teams can learn a little something because Bayern isn't going to fall apart with one player gone. Whereas Barcelona seems like they might. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Maybe Anthony Martial to Bayern or something. Might be cheaper. And then yeah, maybe. becomes the best striker in the world. Damn it. <laughs> we lost a good one, guys. We did. Um, why don't we grab a quick break and when we come back, we'll go Syria and EPL. Awesome. What up, guys? It's your host, Nick McVicker. And if you are looking for a weekly sports podcast to fill your sports needs, you come to the right place. Garage Door Sports, hosted by myself, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji, brings you all the up-to-date news, notes, and opinions on everything in the sporting world. If you like good conversation, good friends, and a lot of jokes being thrown around, you've come to the right place. Don't forget to check us out on all your favorite streaming sites, and we will make sure we bring you content every Saturday, right here on Garage Door Sports. All right, we are back from our little break. Um, should we tackle Syria first? Yeah. Irfan, let's start with you. What are your okay. what are your predictions for Syria? Last year was an anomaly. I think Juve will win this league again. They, I was looking at the coaches, trying to compare which coaches might be the best in the league, and uh, with Mourinho joining, and I was like, okay, well, let's find out who he has, who he's going to struggle with, and I think Massimo Allegri might be the best manager in the entire. Syria and I'm not going to argue with anyone on it because I'm right. Um, he's, he's, he, it's basically, he left for two years to take a break, got the exact same team back. I don't know. 
I think they're just going to be hard to beat this year. So, although they, they drew earlier today, which maybe doesn't help my point, but, um, but otherwise, what do you think about, okay. But what do you think about Roma this season? Do you think that they compete for top spot or no? No, no, no. There's, you know, you know, Marino's trying to change his ways. And, and, you know, if you you look at the, the transition from Chelsea United Spurs to here, I still don't think he has enough in his team. Like you lose Eden Zeko, who you need a goal scorer in the Italian league. Like the Italians are very good at finding poachers in their leagues. And I go back to Andrei Shevchenko and Inzaghi and um, even Pavel Nedved had the ability to score from anywhere from the, right. the pitch. Right. So like, that's what you need in the Italian league is the fact that you're going to get your, your legs taken out under you, but you need to strike. Your legs <laughs> and, and you, and you know what? Fine. We'll go last year. Romelu Lukaku and Martinez were able to do that consistently for Inter Milan. And that's what made them so good. Um, I don't think Roma has that defensively. I think Chris Smalling's become a better player at Roma. So maybe defensively under a very defensive minded Jose Mourinho, it's going to work out there. Not necessarily translating in the league. I think, you know, Napoli is going to be, uh, a difficult opposition for Roma. I think Fiorentina is going to be difficult. I think Sampdoria and Atalanta are going to give them some trouble. Um, that's not to say, you know, Marino won't park the bus at 1-0 and win a game, but there's other teams that are very good in the Italian league. Yeah. That's, there's like the top four, and then you have like the gap. So, Well, I mean, last season that gap wasn't uh, too, too big. I think that um, Roma will obviously, I think, be more competitive. Um, I think uh, well, time will tell how big of a loss Lukaku will be, but I also think that uh, Martinez is not is not a given that he's going to stick out the whole season, and that might that might be a bigger issue. So we'll have to see. Um, but I think that I I think it's going to kind of follow uh, follow the other leagues in terms of not being extremely dynamic. I think that yeah, it's Juventus or Inter to to win, and uh, you know the top four will 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 sort itself out from there. I agree. I, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I'm just looking up the, the, I mean, Roma and Florentina are playing now. Napoli and uh, Venzia are playing now. Oh my gosh. I mean, I mean, I mean, you said Smalling, but Smalling's not even on the lineup right now. So there you go. Mourinho doing Mourinho things and not yeah, playing the guy like, he didn't want. This is what I find really funny is like he he didn't want um, Mikatari oh, yeah. and he didn't want Chris Smalling and they're both players that are yeah big figures over at he, Roma. He did the same thing with Deli Ali and Tottenham. It was just it's just frustrating. Like yeah, yeah and Deli Ali like he's fantastic, fantastic. How do you fantastic I don't know. midfielder? And frankly, I think that anyways we'll get to, well I'll, I'll bring it up when we get to the English league. <laughs> um. What do you guys think? Who wins? Who wins the Serie A, and then we'll, we'll jump right into the EPL. For me, Juve. Yeah, I think it's Juve. Yeah. yeah, Juve with or without Ronaldo, though. Like, do you, do they win either way, or or if Ronaldo leaves, they that gap between, let's say, Inter, AC, and I'll put Atalanta up there with Gasparini coaching them. So. Does that does that automatically change everything, or is Juve still too good? I don't think so, but I would also say that I don't. My sense in the rumors is that he's definitely staying for the year. Hmm. Um, I don't. I don't see him going anywhere. I think people would love to see him and Messi play together. Um, 
Not me. I, nope. I, I don't know how I feel. About <laughs> we it talked about this. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it would be a little gross. I I grew up hating him because I love Messi, so I don't know how I feel <laughs> about it. Um, but no, I, I I think he's there for the season, and I think that um, immaterial. Like he's not playing every game, right? So immaterial about whether or not he's gone. I think that they have a good a good shot, and I mean they're also going to have their eyes set on the Champions League. Um, I can see them making it at least to the quarters and def and, and absolutely making it to the half, uh, to the semifinals. So we'll see. Juve, as long as they don't come up against a Porto or an Ajax or a Lyon, yeah. as I list the last three teams that have knocked yeah. them out. But <laughs> um, I think Allegri is, I think this is it for him. I, you know, uh, Josh, Paige and I talked about this last episode where we said if PSG doesn't win the Champions League, who's probably going to be able to win it? And I think City, Juve, and Myron are the three teams that come to mind immediately. Um, just because of the coaching that they have and, and the capacity that they've been there before. And PSG. You guys didn't include Chelsea? I, I think this we, is before the Lukaku. This was before. Is hard, but... No, no, but it's, it's, it, I think it was without the Lukaku rumors when we made yeah. this decision. But I think yeah. even at that, you, you know, Chelsea's biggest strength. Why don't we just transition over to EPL then? Right, but um, Chelsea's biggest strength last year was her defense. But this year yeah. I've been looking at it and I think that might be their biggest weakness. Mm. which is scary to say because they're 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 they have you know the players in the midfield that can do what they need they have guys coming off the bench i mean you don't need to have lukaku start because you can put ferner there maybe he doesn't score but at least you have someone there who has the pace to do it um but again that question mark comes down to is andreas christensen the guy you want there because they don't have kurt zuma because i think i think zuma's gone i'm going to double check that but um you know that my my question mark is on defense, and Tuchel came in and, and solidified that. But are their center backs good enough? And that's the biggest question. Um, City just weren't good enough against Chelsea in the final. I don't think they they needed a striker. They didn't, and then use one. Had they had done that, I think the game would have been different. But what about you guys? What what do we make? Do do you consider Chelsea uh, a contender for the Champions League here, Josh? Has there ever been a team that's repeated a Champions League title? I don't believe so. Real Madrid. Okay, so just just one. I think based on that alone, it's extremely difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's an improved. Of course, they still have their weaknesses, but it, it's an improved team in my view, and um, I think that they should be within the mix. It's a, definitely a big pool this year of teams that could probably pull it out and the play will have to kind of go and see how they play throughout the tournament. But Thomas Tuchel has shown that he can coach, you know, his face off. So I'm not too concerned about, uh, you know, if they decide to try to repeat, they'll, they'll be serious contenders, but um, they have also this ability to, to win the premier league. And I think that's going to be the question for them and, and for a number of teams is, is, you know, where do we focus ourselves? And then, um, and, also, you know, not everything is within their capacity. I feel like the, the Premier League is the one that is doing, that we're seeing the most movement in, the most rumors coming out of. So it'll be, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Something about the EPL I think we can all agree on is there's never one team that you think is going to run away with it. Obviously, yes, we go back the last four years. It's it's Chelsea, sorry City and Liverpool City, yeah. because they were the better teams, obviously. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, United, Liverpool, Leicester, Chelsea, Spurs, I'll even toss Arsenal in a couple years ago, but they were all names that you would go, we expect the top four finish because that's the quality that's there. Mm-hmm. 
this year again, I think it might be up in the air because City is the same and they're going to be great, but Chelsea just got a whole lot better. Liverpool's a whole lot healthier. United addressed defensive gaps that aren't named Lindelof and Eric Bailly. So, you know, <laughs> you look at you look at these teams improving because, you know, you said this at the top of the show, but there's so much compete in this league. Um, and that's what make, maybe makes it stand out. And I, I think if you're a La Liga listener, you probably don't like the fact that we're kind of bashing on your league here. But <laughs> it's, it's true, though. You can have seven to eight teams on any given day surprise you and lead the league. Whereas it's, it's harder to believe that might happen in another league. I have a question for you guys. Do you think that Arsenal should have made um, a coaching change in the offseason? Pretenders. Yes. I love Arsenal. And uh, Irfan will tell you that I gave Mikel Arteta a wide berth last season. And then they come in and lose 2-0. How dare you? To Brentford? <laughs> I was going to say, they, and, they don't look ahead. any different than... Well, and, and that was the theory for me was you have the pieces. You, uh, Abimayang, uh, Smithrow, Saka, like you have the pieces, you have the mix of experience and youth and you have a decent depth. It is poor coaching. And before, before a lot of these players, I saw a rumor that was linking that Man City might go for Abimayang if it doesn't work out with, uh, with Kane. Like before you start bleeding players to the transfer market, how about we how about we actually try to make this team work? Because I think Arsenal has the potential to be a top four team. I think I think that it, we can actually have a big six in that league. Uh, but I think that the coaching, he's, you know, you gotta, you know, Mikel Alterdo's gotta spend a year or two or maybe more in the championship before coming back up to the Premier League. Right. Well, we talked about this, like Chelsea was really quick to get um who was it, Lampard, out of there. Yeah. Why do you think Arsenal has not done the same? Because, I mean... At, at, Who's know, available? Yeah, but at, at some point, like, yes, okay, they're fantastic players, but are they good coaches? Not necessarily. We talked about this with um, uh, Lampard. Like, he needs to go somewhere and learn and develop as a coach, and I think Arteta needs to do the same thing. I think it's kind Still. of over his head. See, when I Lampard think- came in... Oh, sorry, Josh. No, no, please go ahead. Please go ahead. I was saying if when Lampard came in, there was zero pressure on him. The minute the pressure started, that's when they started to bottle. I think with Arteta, they gave him a week of no pressure, and it's been pressure since, and he just can't handle the he can't handle it. And you know, I was I was a huge fan of his. And I said to you that Arsenal last year is gonna finish top four because I think that he he has that mentality to be a very good coach, but he but he, the style that he's trying to put into Arsenal is not Arsenal. It's not the the players that they brought in. You can't spend fifty million pounds on Ben White and expect him to be able to pass the ball from the back because that's not what he did at Brighton. Right. Sorry. Um. You know, you bring in Granite Xhaka, who's a who's a hardworking player and a hell of a leader for his national Swiss team, but you put him in an Arsenal uniform and you're like, why are you a pylon? So, like, how do you turn these players into players that play for the national team? Like, Pogba is a great example, who is a fantastic player for France, but you know what, what kind of Pogba you're going to get on a, any yeah. given night. And so you need the right coach and the right teammates. You need the right mentality. And I don't think Arsenal have it. And they kept complaining about Arsene Wenger being an issue. And sorry, guys, but it's not Wenger that was the problem. No, no, I agree. I think that it's... Uh... I mean, the players have to get themselves together a bit more, but I think there's a change in the coaching. And I mean, there might be, uh, I mean, Arteta played for the team and there might be uh, a desire to invest in him. And, and you know, I, hey, if you're willing to 
you're willing to pay that cost for uh, who knows how many seasons that it might take for him to get there. But I think fans are going to have a, a limited willingness, especially when you see a guy like Emma Smith Rowan, what he's clearly able to do. And I, you know, I just get disappointed every game when he doesn't seem to be, he doesn't seem to be playing in a system where he could be at his full capacity. So I don't know. I think, you know, I, I think that it's a disservice to the fans and to the league. I, uh, I was, uh, I was saying earlier how, uh, before we started recording, how I was just so anxious to see them play against Chelsea. And I'm just, I mean, Lukaku scored his goal, so fine. But uh, I'm just thankful it's only 2-0. I really did think it was going to be like 4-5-0. I thought yeah. it was going to be what Man City did yesterday to Norwich. And uh, yeah. Well, and at some point, you're going to, you're just going to, like you guys said, you're going to bleed players. You're going to lose players. So the club needs to make the decision. Do we continue to lose quality players? Yeah. Or do we find a coach who can work the system work with these players you have the quality on the field it's just somebody's got to put it together and to answer your earlier question Paige, because i didn't actually answer i think they should i think that they should have done what they did with what chelsea did to lampert i think that that was chelsea saying that is not what we expect from our club that is not the quality of players we have and we're going to take a coach and that can generate the best of them and it was a week two weeks Mm -hmm. and it was a different team Totally different. They look totally different. Totally different. You're responsible on the defensive end. They knew what they were doing in terms of their their play in the front end. It was just completely different within two weeks. And they stopped their slide. And um, Arsenal made a different decision. Um, I think that now, whatever decision you make, it looks like you're you're on your back heel. Whereas the ownership, the management of the team could have said, you know what, like, we expect better and, and made this decision earlier on. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well said. Um, you're an Arsenal fan, Josh. Who do you want coming in to coach? Because, I mean, the, that trigger's ready to go. And, if, and I feel like yeah. maybe after tonight, we'll, we'll see some rumors where he might lose his job. But, you know, who comes in? Let me see. <laughs> I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't thought about it. I'm not as familiar with coaches as you are. Um, Let's see. Because when when um, Massimo Allegri was available, yeah. there was a rumor that, he that he's learning him, yeah. that he was learning English so he can come coach in, in England with either Arsenal or United because of whatever they were on, and it didn't happen. And he goes back to Italy. So, I mean, who's who's there? I, I feel like you'll have to poach a coach. Yeah. Um. Uh. And while you while you find a potential name, Josh, I will say one thing about. Arsenal um, is go ahead and sell your major players, but what you do with the money in return is what counts. That's a big uh, question. And that and that example I'm going to give to both of you is when Spurs got rid of um, Gareth Bale, right? They got how much money for him, and then bought three, four players, and none of them really turned out to be the big difference makers. So, at what point do you do you do you, you know? sell off a player but make a proper investment and i don't trust chronic so i mean this is a joke but wouldn't it be funny if they tried to bring thierry henry back as a, as coach? a coach like, it didn't work out it didn't work out with arteta but maybe Henri, maybe we I mean, can do it it would actually be better because Henri did coach you know the impact more or less successfully um, and he has more experience just in yeah. general and well I mean, he's been he's at that the, world cup yeah, well, and he's with the Belgium national team. Like he's got he's got a little bit more under his belt. So, 
I mean, player for player swap, though, I don't know. Like, former player to bring in another former player, I think that would be difficult. I think they need someone who's... They need need an experienced coach. Like, an actual coach that's been in the game for long enough to know... And then, you know what? Bring Henri in as an assistant for a little bit. Like, do what Michael Carrick's doing it with uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Not that Solskjaer is a major coach or anything yet, but, you know, bring sort of that combination. I think like like an assistant coach. Bring Emma Hayes. Ah, you know, if Emma Hayes makes a switch from Chelsea to Arsenal, I don't know if that's going to be, <laughs> be something that Arsenal fans will take. But yeah, but she could do it. She'd be a great. great you know what? Coach. Have Viv Minima just coach the the men's team and play for the women's team. And yeah, leave it at that. Um, I'll throw one name out for for both of you here. Um, I can't say his last name, but Ralph, the guy over at Southampton, the manager there. Um. They call him the the next Jurgen Klopp with his ability to transition in plays um, to understand the game defensively and offensively. If you're looking for a coach that can do a little bit more with more money on his hands, I think that would be a good investment for for Arsenal, especially because he's good with young players. And then he knows that, all right, I'm not going to get the most out of, like for God's sakes, he had Danny Ings as his main striker for how long? So give him Obama Yang, see what happens. So I found a list here of um, yeah. five candidates for <laughs> potential coaching. Go for it. For, uh, for Arsenal to fix the problem, it says. And they have uh, Allegri, okay. Patrick Vieira, Thierry nope. Henry, okay. Rafael Benitez. Okay. Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> so like four out of five already have a job. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's an old list. Uh, yeah it must be an old list I, I would be I wonder if there's an assistant under Pep that might be interesting well no um, Arteta was the assistant under Pep and then, you're right never mind <laughs> what um, if okay what if we bring back Wenger for a year and have Thierry Henry as an assistant no no no, no, no stop, stop 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 we're done with Wenger oh. we're not we're not gonna go we're not gonna do all that and has Wenger coached <laughs> since he left Arsenal no he's so like he's head, not, of, he's, head yeah. of something right now I think, I mean, this might be a dumb thing to say. Uh, David Moyes, he's at West Ham. Ham. He might not, he might be a bit of a difficult one to grab. Um, I've been kind of liking how Aston Villa has been playing. I think that's Dean Smith. Mm. So that might be interesting too. Um, Maybe this is a joke. Maybe Wayne Rooney is ready to come up. I don't know. But uh, (laughs) as long as he doesn't hit his own players or hurt his own players. I think you're fine. This one also suggests Brendan Rogers. Okay. That name wasn't floating around for quite some time. Yeah. Um, and I think he he said no because there's something he's done with Leicester that just makes them a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're okay losing. Yeah, he's players. not. I mean, this is this is uh this is the same team that has Jamie Vardy saying, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, right. You can probably go for much bigger money. I talked uh, talk sure. earlier about loyalty. This is clearly a strong club where players and team have loyalty to one another. I don't see major players or major units of it going anywhere anytime soon. I know James Madison was linked to Arsenal, but it seems like that kind of petered out. So, yeah, good stories. Um, who who wins the league for you guys this year in the EPL? Is that a city. tough question? Okay. For me, it's still City. I think City is, they've got the momentum. I think they 
I mean, I'm a United fan. I'd love to say United, but <laughs> it's, it's a little difficult right now to, to say United. But I think it's still City. I think City is still in for another good run, in my opinion. I'll tell you, my top four, you got City, uh, City and United, Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, but I think you might have Tottenham and Leicester trying to pop in there as well. I think uh, Tottenham could pop in there if they get Kane to like check to in. play. Or, yeah. but you know what's interesting is that they've won. I believe they won their first two games. Um, I know they won their first one. They won um, today, yeah. And I think uh, Sun. I'm saying his name. No, it's Sun, right? Sun, the, yeah. Korean player. Yeah. I am curious to see if he has been a hidden gem. Because when you think he's been on Tottenham as long as I've, I, I can think of, he's played consistently well. Mm-hmm. And if a coach took him and Deli Ali and really maybe with a few other pieces, I have a feeling that they could actually perform relatively well uh, offensively without Kane. Um, they, just, they probably have to play a different style. And I think of like, it's not, to, it's not a comparison, but I think about the fact that regardless of how good Messi was, it was Pep coming to Barca that made him really right. what he was. And, right. and so I wonder if, if, if Son could potentially uh, be a huge difference maker in that way and, and get them into that top four. And then Leicester has just shown themselves to be Mavericks for the past few years. So uh, I, in terms of who, who would win, um, it's, to me, it's a question of at their best – at their best, I think it's hard to, to, to really pick. But I think I like to say that at their best, I'm more tilted that Liverpool or Man United, are at, when they're at their best, could actually pull it off. The question is, how consistent do they stay? How long do they stay I'll at their best? Take United winning something. I, I think, you know, men, like Man City, I think of what Paige was saying. I, I agree. Like, you know, they went, they beat Norwich 5-0. That's what they're supposed to do. That, you know, yeah, they, they're expected. the team that's going to do what they're supposed to do. It's weird to me that they feel that they need to that they need a striker when they have Gabriel Jesus playing the way he is. Like, you know, so it's I mean, I guess if you have the money to spend, fine. But to me, it's you know, but then at the same time, you know, I watch Liverpool play and their lights out, and I'm seeing like Pogba and Bruno Fernandez, and uh, and then you know, I have Jordan Sancho who's gonna make a and Vahant. Like you have elements in those other teams. I Chelsea is is consistent as well. I just don't know that if they're going to be good enough to be able to win enough games. Um, I'd like to make a comment on Liverpool. It, as I have gone on the record on this podcast saying I can't stand Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, <laughs> Liverpool's biggest issue is going to be staying healthy. Um, and it's going to be its depth. Um, just switch him to midfield, please. Because I don't understand. I get it that fullbacks can play pretty, like right backs can play pretty strongly up front. But yesterday he was competing with Mo Salah for the ball in the box. We've gone too far. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, he's excellent at getting the ball in. He was amazing on Sadio Mane's goal and he created a few other chances. But I think that you're not going to be able to play him that way all year um, in all leagues. It just won't work. I think Allison also 
I don't know what's going on with that guy. Even since the end of last season, there was just a bunch of stuff that was weird. And then he almost messed up yesterday uh, too. So I think they just have a lot of things to fix in their back end, but if they can get a hand of that, handle of that. So I think it's really anyone's league at this point, I think we'll emerge and give it maybe five or six weeks and we'll start really seeing what will come up. Um, but I would like to see Man United, I think, pull it out only because um, I'm not the biggest United fan, but um, you know, I like to see Paul Pogba win one. I really, I think they're really entertaining, and I think that I think it will also just be good for the league because, I mean, Man City winning is like cool. This was a team that was assembled by billionaires. Of course, they're going to win. It's it's less it's less interesting. It's it's not as good of a storyline. Well, and hopefully with Van Dyke back, they can kind of solidify their defense a little bit because he was a big loss, unfortunately, last season. And uh, we talk about this all the time. They had like 15 central defensive pairings at one point. Like it was ridiculous. Every game was a different central defensive pairing. So hopefully with Van Dyke, it's a little bit more stable. We'll see. But Well, they brought Canute in. So I think I'm, I'm on the train that Josh is on here. Pop. Uh, Alexander-Arnold into the midfield, put Gomez on right back because that's where he started. And you actually have central defenders for once, knock on wood, that can that can yeah. probably play that role. And, um, you know, they didn't replace Gini Wijnaldum, and I think that's going to be a massive issue for them in the future. So if you're looking at replacing someone with, with the skill sets, then DAA. And that's what I was saying with uh, Garrett Selke, was like, put Arnold into the midfield and play who the hell you want to put at right back because, you know, apparently England's, you know, giving birth to so many right backs right now. And you're like, okay, what else is happening with England? But no, that's it. Um, I'm on that train. I can follow you. Yeah. I just feel that. And I feel that it also makes their play a bit, it, it kind of cheapens their, their strategy because, yeah, they could have a four back and put Alexander, Alexander Arnold in the midfield. Or they could just basically do what they've been doing with, with three and and have like a, a weird wing with him. Like maybe like you can adjust the system to him, but I just think that you have to actually do that because he is expected to go back and play defense in the way of full, a, a right back would. And that's where it ends up. It's not on the front end. I don't necessarily like it's it's too much that he's in the he's in the he's in the box and he's competing for rebounds with Mo Salah. It doesn't make sense. But at the same time as that that same player is expected to run all the way back to cover on the defensive end that that doesn't that doesn't work that doesn't track and when you have I don't think that's where he he wants to be either like if he's in the box he he wants to be in the box he wants to be you know attacking he doesn't want to be working back on the defensive end yeah so I don't know Liverpool Klopp is a fantastic manager I just think they need to solidify their depth and and find ways I mean they have all these towering figures on their team but you know you take one of them out and you start having issues and that's not a good team. Which we saw last um, year, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think Man U brought in a lot of really, really good pieces that could translate into a champ into a winning the league. It's just really gonna be it's a long season. And it's really gonna come down to who can who can string it more together. And I don't think it's a given that Man City is going like we know they're gonna be contenders, but if even just looking at the end of last season, right? Like you you saw Man U, you saw Chelsea kind of emerge, and I'm 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 interested in seeing uh, what, what that's going to break down mm. to. Well said. Um, why don't we just end the show on that? That was well ended on Josh's uh, Josh's part. So uh, that does it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, any final thoughts as we we sign off here? Josh, we'll start with you. 
yeah, I think it's a really exciting season uh, we have ahead of us. I think uh, I'm really excited to see the Champions League. I'm really excited to see, obviously, the EPL. Um, but, I, you know, as we were kind of saying at the top, talking about the Spanish League, uh, there's a lot of – there seems to be a lot of, like, structural issues in football that need to be kind of addressed and worked out um, on the financial end. And, and I think um, – and I hope that as that for all the teams that are trying to go after these big players, and I get it because football is a business and you want, uh, you want to make money. Uh, I hope to start seeing teams continue or decide to invest in their academies and their coaching and in, and in the less flashy areas, um, knowing that I use the word invest because in the long term that gets you where you want to be. And I think that's going to help the game continue to flourish. Um, but between now and then, yeah, we have a lot to be excited about. Paige? Yeah. No, I agree. I it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season. Hopefully not a COVID season. We've got fans in the stands, so that's always super oh, yeah. exciting. Old Trafford was rocking. That Anfield that, was rocking. That was with uh, yeah, Anfield that made the difference when Sadio well Jota's goal was like already like pretty crazy, but when Mane smashed that in, they and in the, they were going, it was great. Sorry, we interrupted you, Paige. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm all for it. I think it makes it, we can now feel the difference the fans makes. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's super exciting. It's super important. I'm definitely going to try and get to a PSG game now that Messi's uh, there and I'm in France. So I will be going. Let us know um, how that goes. Yeah, definitely. And next weekend at Anfield, Chelsea visits Oof. Liverpool. So, you know, and then after that is Leeds at Liverpool uh sorry yeah at sorry Liverpool at Leeds so you know what I love Leeds Leeds is my like little dark horse they've been yeah 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 yeah. they've been doing some uh they've been playing well so far it's you know I'd love to see them I'd love to see I'd be okay if one of the the four I mentioned not two of them is all I really want for them to be I the other two can collapse and I'll take Leeds at like number (laughs) two or number four or three that'd be cool that'd be great I agree. I love leads, but yeah, that's it. That's all my final thoughts. Invest in women's sports. That's my other final thought. Agreed. Did you guys talk about team? I think you did talk about team Canada. We did. What'd you make of that one? Team Canada. Yeah, man. I'll say, okay, I'll be brief because, um, as a Canadian who has loved soccer, I have been heartbroken and then completely stopped caring about our men's team. It's been frustrating and annoying. Um, but I remember our women's team far back, being extremely um, interesting and and just good, um, and to see them pull it out at this Olympic was I was I lost my voice I was yelling so hard and so for St Clair and for the youngsters on the team and for I mean you had you had people on there who had stuck with it for for that was their second or third Olympic like it, I think it was incredible and. Like you said, Paige, invest in women's sports. It is entertaining. It is uh, interesting. I just, I, you know, why not? I, and the quick answer is, well, it doesn't produce as much money as men's sports. Well, if you invested in it, it probably would. Thank you. So Viewership I would, I really, was ridiculously high. I don't, un- yeah, I don't understand yeah. that argument anymore. No, it doesn't work because because in Canada, and frankly, I mean, our team is is one of the best teams in the world. Mm-hmm. And we have, and we could experience in Canada and women's soccer what 
you know, Brazil or France experience in men's soccer. There's no reason we wouldn't experience that, I think. So, no, it was it was great for me. And as, you know, about to have a daughter, it was, like, cool to know that should she be born with as a football prodigy, that she would be able to join a national team program that could take her to the top of the the, the top of the mountain you know it's, it's and hopefully it's, by her time we have a professional league in canada for women that, yes and that's yes that would be great and uh Paige will be the ceo or the, <laughs> the sporting director of that i will be on the board that is for sure yeah, yeah 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 but but yeah no i agree it's awesome and i think all of canada feels the same way that you do so um which is great for for women's sports in general and and women's soccer and and canada I mean, it puts Canada back on the map for yeah. for football. So yeah, as it should be. Irfan, any last words from you? Any uh, final I'll, thoughts? Can I go away from soccer for a second, like usual? Absolutely. Uh, I tried a tea called mixed berry zinger. It from tastes where? like medic. You know the the pack that I sent you with uh, yes, different yeah, yeah, flavorful yeah. teas or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it tastes like medicine. Don't do it. <laughs> I thought it was going to be great. That was nope. such a letdown. <laughs> I tried this day. It's awful. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. So we're not uh, getting sponsored from them, just so you know. Well, just I, I'm going to try the peach one next, and I'll let you know where I'm at with that one. But uh, the mixed berry zinger, uh, I thought it'd be great because it's a plethora of berries. No, it tastes like medication. Yeah, not that great. Well, on that note, um, be sure to subscribe to uh, the podcast and give us a like and leave a rating. That's super important and helps us out a lot. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at TouchlineTH and you can follow me, Paige, at Culver underscore Paige and Irfan at Irfan Manji on Twitter. Um, yeah. Josh doesn't have socials, so we can't plug him uh, in. Josh, um, come on, man. Okay, just uh, tweet at the show and if it's a question for Josh, we'll, let, we'll, we'll, we'll get him to answer it. All right, I'm happy to. Uh, don't send him some some baby stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna need it (laughs) don't just don't guess the girls names because we already tried that and we're we horribly failed i know but we horribly failed never say it i was telling Irfan before you never tell the name before the baby's born because everybody's got a damn opinion yep yeah, it was pretty evident when we when he, when he talked about it last time. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the network at Garage Door Sport. You can check out the website at garagedoorsports.com. Check out our sponsor, J&J Creations, on Instagram. Um, at least I said that right today. <laughs> yeah, so thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Josh, for joining us today. It was awesome yeah, having you. Um, enjoy the season, and hopefully we'll have you back on again. And um, good luck to your, your wife, and send, a, send her our best wishes during we'll her do. pregnancy we'll um yeah see you guys next match day cheers cheers